Welcome back everyone, episode 8 of our Making Waves series for the Women's World Cup. We're getting our teeth into this group stage now, we're nearly at the end of match day 1 with the exception of Colombia, South Korea on tomorrow. We are recording this on a Monday night, just after Brazil have uh, put on a score against Panama, but it's been great to watch all the teams and Laz, you're here with me to uh, dissect it all. Yes, indeed, Nathan. Hello, everyone out there. I hope you're enjoying the Women's World Cup. And you're right, Nathan, a couple of scores put on today as compared to uh, the rest of the tournament, actually. Yeah, very much so. And um, Brazil 4, Panama 0, and Germany 6 so six nil over Morocco. Mm. Coming after, really, the first four days where there were some dominant performances, but not massive score lines, with the one exception, I'd say, of Japan-Zambia. Even USA-Vietnam kept to a 3-0. We'll come on to that in a moment, I'm sure. Sure. But generally speaking, it's been a lot closer than what we thought. Very much so. And very much so. And look, we did we have said previously that we think the gap would be closing between the so called minnow nations and the more experienced nations, if we can put it that way. But yeah, it's uh, it's been fascinating to watch, actually. It's been really, really interesting. They've been some games where you thought, okay, there would be a couple of blowouts, and I thought USA-Vietnam would be one of those. But yeah, it, it credits everyone. Credits everyone and, and all the players uh, involved because it's been fascinating to watch and see how these nations have been applying themselves. It really has been. Yeah, and every nation, I think, particularly the ones on their boot, can hold their heads up high with what they've been able to accomplish, even if I think all of them have gone down on the nights in which they played. Nothing to, to show for on the uh, on the leaderboards, but mm. in terms of performance, very much a lot of things to be proud of and to take into match day two and three because really it goes to show that look, it got said on Optus Sport, the, not that they're a sponsor, a few times over the last couple of days that uh-huh. uh, rankings don't mean anything at this tournament. And I think I can echo what you're saying, Les. The, uh, the gap between uh, the best teams and uh, the not-so-best teams is absolutely closing. And we're seeing some great football, and uh, I think no game exemplifies that more than the uh, the England Haiti matchup at Suncourt. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. Look, we can go through um, you know, just quickly who we thought, or which nations we thought were the most impressive, and which ones were the, were the most disappointing. But yeah, I think every nation that's come to this tournament has come as prepared as they can, allowing for a bit of disgruntlement, if we can use. That phrase, in particular, say in Zambia's case, where it's come out that um, you know the players hadn't been paid for a for a period of time, for a long period of time. So for them to still come out and and you know put in an effort, which I think they'll just shown that they're a bit inexperienced, even allowing for their pre-tournament results. You know they put in an effort which did themselves proud, but they Japan were just too good for them, just too good for them. So these nations are going to get better. Um, and you're right about England Haiti. That for mine so far has probably been um, the contest of of uh, match day one. To be fair, yeah, I, I can I can agree with you on that. And amazing Haiti, they were so unlucky not to get something from the game. And it took Georgia Stanway from the spot for England to beat them, the European champions against Haiti, a, a team that really was on no one's radar coming into this tournament. And look, yes, it's match day one. A lot of these. Uh, so the bigger teams are just trying to settle into the tournament and against a debutante who is um, treating it, say, like a cup final. It's a quite a cliche. There, there's a bit of a mismatch in terms of mentality, perhaps. But look, it's just incredible to see all these teams put everything into the game and really give these big teams a run for their money. And yeah, 
it's just fantastic. Nathan, I think you need to treat these games as cup finals. Yes, okay, you've got three guaranteed games in a group phase, but effectively you're looking at, if you're you know intending to go all the way, you're looking at seven cup finals, right, and, which is not easy. And you can see that the, the pressure of, of the situation affects um, some nations. And I contend that, let's say, for instance, Spain, right? Spain started out like a house on fire, job done, but this, they weren't able to kick on after that, right? It was more so, okay, we're just going to relax. We're just going to play. We've got the result. Let's move on to the next one, right? So they were, uh, you know, they looked like they were conscious of the fact that, hey, we don't need to blow nations out of the water. What we need to do is just get the results that we need and move on to the next one as as quickly as we can. Yeah, exactly. And look, the thing is, match day one, you can afford to drop a game if you're going to. That's the time to do it. You just have to point to the last international tournament. Argentina lost the first game to Saudi Arabia, and Correct. look what happened off the back of that. Yes, you don't want to lose a game, but if you are going to, match day one is the one to drop. On to that point, though, it depends who you're playing. Of course, of course. Well, it depends, like, for instance, now, you know, and we can just do a quick recap uh, for everyone's benefit, right? But Look at Argentina, Italy earlier this evening. For mine, that was the game that decided who was getting or who, you know, which nation is going to progress to the next phase. Right. Italy have got, you know, it's advantage Italy. Yeah, it is for sure. Particularly, of course, if you're in that, uh, will they or won't they qualify brackets of the, the pot two and three teams, perhaps. Mm, mm. They're the ones, if you're playing on match one, of course, you need to win it. Mm. You, you can also throw in the Netherlands Portugal game. Yep, in correct. that bracket as well. Correct. Uh, it'll take a miracle now for the Portuguese to get out of the group. Yep. And look, they, uh, and the Netherlands goal was contentious. Same with Denmark's goal. I thought, I know I know what your response is going to be off the back of this already, mm-hmm. but I thought the Dutch goal was right to stand and the Danish goal was incorrect to stand. I think both were. Both should have been ruled out or both should yeah, have been ruled out? I think both should have been ruled out. Uh, for, mine, for, the, for the Dutch player, I don't think the keeper gets to the ball if the Dutch player isn't there. She's behind the goalkeeper. Mm. That's my point of contention with that. Yeah, I, I I think in both cases the keeper's affected. I can definitely say that for the Danish one. I was You're, surprised that wasn't ruled out. If you were giving grades of them, yeah, sure. I think yeah. the Danish one is more obvious than the Dutch one, but I don't think, well, given by that logic then, if the Danish one stands, then the, the Dutch one needs to stand. I can agree with you on that. Yeah. Mm. My point is that I think both of those goals should have been Voided mm. because I think keepers affected. Yeah, I mean, I can see your side of it, but um, for mine, I think there's enough of a an angle of vision for the keeper to deal with the ball if she was able to, which evidently she wasn't. Still in the back of the mm. net, there was ample opportunity for her to save it. It's just it didn't happen, and yeah, there was an offside player. But perhaps if you're talking about uh, angles, a little bit more from the the side and behind rather mm. than in front, that's a little bit of a difference for mine. But there's been a couple of contentious penalties given or not given at this tournament. There was the one in the uh, in the Switzerland-Philippines game that I felt mm-hmm. was a little bit on the harsher side. I, I agree with you there. There was the one in the England-Haiti game that I thought was a bit soft to not be given a penalty. To not be given a penalty. Yeah. Yes. So the, the quote-unquote push from Alessia Russo. Yes. On the defender, I think that was a little bit harsh mm-hmm. on England. There's a couple there, but... No, I, I, look, no, I, I was happy with that one. I know it's minor, but I, I think I think I think that's fair. I, think I don't have fair. a massive problem with it, but I just Me think neither. it's a little bit on the softer side. I think it's just mm-hmm. incident. Like I, I think, yeah, I think play on there. What, um, yeah, the Philippines one is probably the most contentious one. I think I agree with you there. But 
I think the most. Con- I think we've already covered the, which contentious decisions they they are, and, and that is, are the uh, the Denmark and um, and Dutch goals for mine. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I think they're the most contentious issues. But failing that, I think VAR's been or VAR's been pretty good. Although I'd like it to be quicker. Yeah, particularly with some of the offsides where we can all see that it's Correct. offside. Is it the case that they're still waiting for the semi-automated system to do its thing? So we have a, an absolute definite decision, even though we can all see plain as day yep. that it is offside. They just want the process to be carried out. Yeah, I believe so. There was one incident in the Italy game where a player ran offside. We could all see that it was offside. Yeah, she put the ball in the back of the net. That was a tidy finish, to be fair. Yes. But it was so obvious that she was offside. Yeah. And just waiting for the process to do its thing and seeing the uh, semi-automated system slowly work out that, ah, yes, she's offside. And mm. maybe it'll get ironed out in a time to come where those sort of ones will be quicker because it's still really in the trial mode at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Look, just quietly, both disallowed goals from the Italians were great finishes, right? <laughs> they were both taken yeah. well, but unfortunately not allowed to stand. But, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, they are definitely... Um, in in a trial phase with it, and and that appears to be the delay. But um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how VAR plays out during the tournament. It hasn't been that bad. I just would like them to quicken it up a little, to to be honest. But if um, let's go and recap just quickly where we were at since we last recorded, which was after the, the host nations being successful with their first games. So uh, just quickly, last Friday we had Group B: Nigeria, Canada, nil all. And then we had from Group A, Philippines uh, 0, Switzerland 2, which we covered off. Group C opened up on Friday, which we had Spain versus Costa Rica, which I thought, what you know, Spain started like a house on fire and that finished 3-0. Then uh, last Saturday, we had USA, Vietnam 3-0 in Group E. In Group C, we had Zambia, Japan, which we've already touched on, which I think is the performance of the of the round, to be fair. I think Japan, well, we, we can debate that, Nathan, if you like, but I thought Japan were brilliant. Winning 5-0. It could have been double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a couple of offside goals and some penalties ruled out as well. Yeah, agreed. I thought the match of match day one was England versus Haiti and England, you know, having to rely on a retaken penalty, 1-0. But Haiti were brilliant on the night, I think. Um, Match uh, from Group D again, Denmark and China on uh, Denmark winning 1-0. And Sweden kicked off their campaign in Group G on Sunday with a 2-1 victory in the in injury time, which was incredible. Then we had Group E kickoff, which we had uh, Netherlands versus Portugal, 1-0. And we had last night in Sydney on Sunday, Group F, France versus Jamaica, nil all, which I thought was a cracking game, actually. And you were there, Nathan, so you can attest to what it was like at the ground. But, you know, that was a really, really good game. Yeah, it took a while to uh, come to a boil, I think. The first half, both teams were trying to feel each other out. I think France gave a lot of respect to Jamaica, perhaps too much, given the result. They came out in the second half, France tried to put the foot down, and there was a moment where they hit the bar and the post in the one move, and a couple other half chances as well. Jamaica always dangerous on the break. It is a shame that Bunny Shaw picked up that second yellow card at the end and rules her out of the game against Panama. That's yeah. a massive shame for that. It match. is a massive shame, massive shame for Jamaica. But it was a it was a second yellow card. No, no the decision crumbs. at all. Um, but generally though, France not that impressive. Bit of work to do, and France. That makes two games in a row where they're not very impressive. Yeah, and 
We'll get to Speaking out the Matildas game. Yeah, we'll get to who they're playing next because that's going to be a very interesting game in a few days. And um, earlier this evening, we had Italy in Group G uh, defeat Argentina one nil. Group H, we had Germany make their debut in the in the World Cup for this edition of it. Germany six, Morocco nil with the debutants there, World Cup debutants, first timers for Morocco, and unfortunately. Going down 6-0 there, and Group F was played out um, earlier this evening, which we just saw Brazil for Panama nil, leaving just one game, which is tomorrow, which Nathan mentioned earlier, Colombia versus Korea Republic. Yeah, and a couple of quirks with these scores that have come through. Only one game, we had both teams on the score sheet, Sweden, South Africa. Yes. Been a clean sheet in every other game. And generally, uh, prior to the last two games tonight, pretty low scoring across the board. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of that is the debutants coming on and just not wanting to get killed completely. Remember last World Cup, USA-Thailand was at 13-0. Mm. No one wants to be on the end of something like that. So in the as we saw the USA against Vietnam, we were thinking it might have been a similar scoreline, but just they, weren't, they wanted to just sit in. Even if they went 1-0 down, 2-0 down, even 3-0 down, they were still looking to shut up shop and just not get totally wiped off the floor. Yeah. And yes, a lot of it, you could also point to wasteful finishing uh, from the Americans. There you go. Yep. It was a complete performance from them, despite only being 3-0. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, I think that's why we're seeing a lot of low-scoring games, is that it's just working our way into the tournament. I'm expecting Match Day 2 and Match Day 3 to have uh, more action in the goals department, mm-hmm. but that's not a slight on the games in a general sense. I'm very much enjoying watching the football mm. and um, looking forward to what else this tournament can dish up. What are your highlights of uh, match day one, Nathan? I mean, we've already covered a few, but what, what do you think? Um, are the standouts? Highlights, I'll start oh. with some off-field things first. The attendances have been absolutely fantastic, even accounting for the New Zealand games, which are slightly lower in, on average mm. than the Australian ones. Even accounting for those, the attendances have been absolutely fantastic. I agree. It's wonderful to see everyone get behind this tournament and every game, I believe it is now, in Sydney, aside from Columbia Korea tomorrow, has been sold out. Brilliant. I mean, to get the crowd that the, the France Jamaica got last night mm. indicates to me what how well this is going and how well this is tracking. Yeah. And hopefully, they get a, a you know, geez, twelve o'clock on a Tuesday in Sydney is um is going to be it's tricky. a tough time slot, <laughs> right? But you know, if they, I think if they crack twenty, which I think they will, you know, they they would have done a good a good job. Yeah, and uh, I'm heading out there tomorrow. So uh, half your luck. Uh, Half my luck indeed. I'm going to check out this Colombian team and uh, what sort of challenges Katie McCabe thinks is uh, too rough. <laughs> <laughs> Point well made. Point well made. Um, but, but yes, as you say, just under 40K last night, France Jamaica for a game featuring two neutral teams, not a massive amount of expats, not a massive amount of traveling support, and to still get near enough to a sold out capacity attendance. On a school night. At, on a school night. <laughs> incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. No, incredible. No, really good. Really good. You know, to have that uh, late kickoff on a school night here in Sydney on a wet, you know, what turned out to be, a, you know, a wet and cold night. Really good. Really good. Mm. Really good yeah, to see. Yeah, so hats off to everyone who's uh, got involved at the ground or not. Mm. It's great to see everyone get around this tournament because... Uh, as I've been saying, these are these are the world's best, and, and it's amazing to have them all on our shores. Uh, other highlights for mine. I was going to ask. Uh, I was going to ask you there, Nathan. Sorry about that. I was going to ask you uh, off the pitch, away from the pitch. Another highlight. 
um, you mentioned the fan fest uh, before we came on in, in a text and uh, or just before we jumped on and you said how how good it was. How how good was that at Tumalong Park? Yeah, it's fantastic. A wonderful um, setup they've got. Plenty of big screens, lots of food. The uh, I mean, it is a giant advert, but the big uh, McDonald's restaurant set up in the shape of a of a of a, of a, uh, a box of chips. Incredible. <laughs> uh, uh, funny to see they have um, plenty of merch for sale as well, and also good to see the heartbeat of football guys out there as well. We had them on the show, Angie and Andy. They're doing some great things out there. They've had lots of uh, international guys come up to them and ask, um, "Is it for uh, Australians only?" But mm. no, it's for everyone. Brilliant. And yep. they've had moments where they've been absolutely swamped with guys coming up to them. It's great to see. And uh, yeah, fighting a good cause. It's good to see them get involved at a, fi- a fan site like this. And having FIFA's blessing is absolutely fantastic. No, awesome. Couldn't agree with you more there. Couldn't agree with you more. Laz, my other highlight from the game so far is mm-hmm. just how good the stadiums look. With yes. the full kit out for the Women's World Cup branding and the colours and everything and how good the pitches look. Just, oh, it's just amazing. Amy Park, High Marsh, Allianz Stadium. It's just, oh, the stadiums look incredible. Uh, High, High Marsh looked great tonight, I have to say, mm. but also, yep. uh, <laughs> and Amy Park for that matter, but um, or Melbourne Rectangular Stadium as it's known. I don't know it's why they just... shocking that, name. Well, I don't know why they just, they just don't call it Melbourne Stadium instead of yep. just Melbourne Rectangular Stadium. But anyway. I'm pretty sure that it's not a FIFA thing. It is that is the actual name of the stadium, Melbourne Rectangular Stadium. It should be Swan that, Street Stadium. Does, does that surprise you, given what's happened with the Commonwealth Games? Anyway, off topic, but never mm, mind. Uh, that, that that's the topic for another day. Yes, but <laughs> anyhow, um, the and and the football stadium, Sydney Football Stadium, looks a picture. It, it it last night, it just looked so good on TV. It was brilliant. So I can only imagine what it looks like when you're there, but. Mm. Uh, we'll find that out uh, later on. I'll tell you what. Later on in the week. That we will. Um, I was out for the Matildas game, and I was there last night just comparing Stadium Australia with the Sydney Football Stadium. It is night and day in terms of the experience. Yeah. It, it does not compare. Sure. But look, Stadium Australia held some significance now in football terms, right? Of course. You've got uh, three, I would, you know, three important pieces of history with regards to football in Australia right now that have occurred at that stadium. FIFA were, FIFA were right to move the opening game from the football stadium to Stadium Australia. Of course. And look, and let's hope that there's a another historic night come the you know 19th of August or the 20th of August, whenever the final is. I think it's the 19th of August. A long way to go, lads. Long way to go. <laughs> uh, listen, we live in hope. We, we live in hope, right? But yeah, it would... I think the that the decision to move that game was justified. So, allowing for what you're saying there, Nathan, because you know, by all, you know by all reports, the football stadium is fantastic. Although I would have thought they'd get the roof right because I have heard complaints about the roof again. Oh, that was one of the main complaints <laughs> about the old stadium, and that was one of the main reasons why it got pulled down in the first place. Yes, that was my the understanding. But anyhow, that that was my understanding. But anyhow, never mind that. And it was a catastrophe waiting to happen. Mm. The old Moore yes, Park. yes, it was. It was but, one yeah. exit for all the people because you had the the gates on the uh, the northern side of the ground. They never had them open. Mm-hmm. That's right. And if there was a <clears throat> fire hazard at the entrance outside Rugby mm. League HQ, for instance, mm. then there's no way out. Glad not that they're not in a real hurry anyway. 
glad that they knocked that down and rebuilt it. There you go. Yeah. Although they should have done something with the roof. But anyway, never mind. Yes. Different story. Uh, Yes. And it's just a shame that uh, Stadium Australia didn't see any redevelopment. Mm. But um, there you go. Mm. We'll move on. On the pitch. What took your fancy? I think the two victors tonight really are the uh, among the highlights. Germany and Brazil. This Brazilian team. Oh, Jogo Bonito. <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah, that, that third goal. Mm. I'm going early here on your on your run sheet here, Buzz. I've got it in front of me here. But <laughs> that third goal is by far and away the best goal at the tournament so far. Just so we're clear, right? Because we've mm. always maintained the back peg has never really been prepared, <laughs> right? But we we've are... also maintained that there's no curtain on this show. <laughs> Correct. But we are. We made it known earlier that during this Women's World Cup, there is some format and there is some preparation. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, yes, that Brazilian third goal from Zanaretto. Uh, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I would suggest that that's probably my goal of the tournament so far. Or my favourite goal yeah. of the tournament. Because I had one picked out prior to watching the game and it was the uh, the first goal for the Americans. Okay. Sophie Smith. Smith. The, yep. the little layoff from Alex Morgan yep. was quite yep. nice. Yep. Um, yeah. That was my placeholder for goal of the tournament thus far. The Japanese goals were pretty were pretty good as far as team goals were concerned as well, and the, and the yeah. movement, <clears throat> the ball movement, which which was incredible in some in some facets. And on that front as well, the the New Zealand goal, another yep. great team goal. Yep, always yep. nice when it starts at a goal kick. Oh yeah, that's mm. true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. No, but I'm, I'm with you there with regards to Brazil's third from uh, earlier this evening. Although um, I did like Italy's goal. Yeah, yeah. Great, you know, great cross, great header. Mm. You know, Denmark's goal, as contentious as it, as it was, given the um, given the the training move that it was and the execution of it, fantastic corner, great header. And given how you know your statistic earlier about corners, three percent less, three percent. Three percent. Well, we've seen we've seen a few corners uh, mm. end up as goals, especially this yep. evening. Yeah, we definitely haven't had a hundred corners to have the three goals. Um, we've very true. Been a higher rate than that. Very true. Very <laughs> true. Very true. But um, I've enjoyed some of the actual, some of the battles in midfield, which has been a real good standout. I mean, the England Haiti for mine was the highlight of the the round for me personally, mm. and the way that Haiti actually played, it was just brilliant to see. And and the crowd that the Lioness has got, brilliant, right? Um, but. England Haiti was, I think, the probably the most enjoyable match. I mean, I it did enjoy Italy Argentina and the physicality of that game. That was quite quite a strong game, I think, as well. So it's absolutely riveting to see from you know from from the different aspects and and things where you see okay, well, their their hearts and souls are going into this, which is just great to see. Great to see. No, no nation has taken a step back. As far as uh, you know, as far as uh, trying to uh, contest Zambia, I think we're just <clears throat> found short. Once they got behind on the score sheet, that was it. If only we could take out our little uh, note that we put before our Zambia yes. where they won't get smacked five nil. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did. <laughs> you know, and but look, that might be just a one-off, right? And Zambia yeah, may, may, you know, may contest, uh, you know, may contest uh, their other two games, but yeah, it's. Although, yeah, we'll get we'll get to uh, match day two in a minute, but yeah, and what we think you know is going to be a highlight there. But disappointing performance of the round, Nathan. Who are your disappointments? Mm, tricky, I, had to, I had to go go on downers, but there were, were 
a couple of disappointments, I think. If you're splitting the teams up into winners and losers from match day one, and not necessarily by scoreline either, mm-hmm. you might have teams that won that go in the losers column, teams that lost that win in the winners column. There's plenty of those. I think mm. a lot of the debutants go in that column. The might have lost on the day, but they're winners from match day one. Mm-hmm. For mine, in the losers column, oh, the first cab off the rank for mine is England. Not yes, a, they won. Yeah, but not a case of sure job though. done. No, like no, I don't think so. Okay, this it looked like a team that was very slow. They looked nothing like the team from a year ago. Yes, they've lost a couple of players. Yes, some players have come in that are not quite up to uh, the rhythm and the patterns and this sort of thing. But for mine, a one nil win for England raises more question marks over the team than it solves. What about a two one win for Sweden over South Africa? Yeah, you can put that in the same category for mine. Mm. Yes, they won, but it does raise some doubts on how far this team can go realistically and i think france are in this bracket mm-hmm. even though they didn't win but they're in the same boat of a lot of question marks being raised over okay. um over their credentials so it's not more it's not more so disappointments rather it's just questions raised about about potential about teams that have been identified as threats to the competition mm. not not stacking up at the end of match yeah. day one it's not a disappointment but it's disappointment adjacent if you will gotcha <laughs> fair enough um Fair also, enough. I'll throw Canada in there too. Ooh, okay. I thought that was a very interesting game, and I thought Canada actually were wasteful. Mm, they were, but I think Sinclair looked every bit her age, unfortunately, in the Ouch. game. Ouch. Oh, I'm Ouch. sorry to say. Ageist. <laughs> you ageist bastard. <laughs> um, yeah, look, uh, I think, I don't know if we see that kind of Canada in this game. In coming up, and we'll just cover off quickly who, you know, who's facing which nation is facing which nation in match day two, and what we think might happen just quickly. But because um, it may have differed from our previous series, but I, I think that England were not so much disappointed. I think Haiti, okay, England underestimated Haiti. Yes, because you wouldn't yes. play Millie Bright, you know, and you could see the Millie Bright from the very from the get go was turning over ball. When she was, when she would normally make those passes, you know, those lateral passes straight to straight, you know, to what would normally be Sam Kerr's feet with Chelsea, right? So, and I found found it interesting that they went with Alessia Russo. Yeah, I don't think she had a great game, and I think Rachel Daly will start against Denmark. I'd be very surprised if uh, Serena Vigman went with Russo again. Uh-huh. Which, after both teams won on match day one, kind of uh, an important game here if uh, Denmark are able to spring a surprise. Oh, and yes. yes. Yeah, no, that you're has right. Massive ramifications for the Matildas too. You're right. You're right, and we'll be there on Friday night. So I'm looking forward to that. Actually, mm. looking forward to that. But um, yeah, no, you're right there. You're right. I hard to say which other nation or which you know other players. Will, you know, there were some disappointing areas. You mentioned Bunny Shaw earlier, and it's a shame that she put herself in that position to get her second yellow card. She should never have gone for it, and that's disappointing for Jamaica for the next game. I think. Yeah, for sure. And uh, also great to see that Wendy Bernard was okay. Yes. She was clutching a knee at first and I thought, oh, no. Another physical battle, that game. Yeah. Mm. You know, really, really challenging to see. Well, um, does Norway go into your disappointments, column? Too far back, Nathan. <laughs> we, we covered that in the previous episode. <laughs> we did, yes. We did. Oh, yes. No, we did. no, no, no. I'm being facetious. <laughs> I, uh, shit's staring there. I agree with you. But Norway, I think, were disappointing. I think that their line of disappointment carries on from last year's Euro. Yeah. And I don't know if they'll be able to turn it around, considering who the next opponent is. I mean, Norway should be able to beat all the teams in the group. 
They weren't mm. able to beat the football ferns, and they should be able to beat Switzerland. But after their um, important uh, win against the Philippines, I must say, won, then uh, hey, the, the Swiss are, are looking for uh, qualification. Nathan, I don't know if Norway will beat the Swiss. I don't know if they will either, but on paper, you'd think they'd be favourites. I think I think Norway are in trouble. Match day two. Mm. So, yeah, we're going to have to watch the space. But uh, anything else to take your fancy from match day one or catch your eye? Um, I don't think I'll Were you happy with else. the Dutch performance? Happy with, I'm happy with the result. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm happy with the performance, no. I have to ask that in a shit-stirring way, absolutely, because yes. I yes. didn't think much of it, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was catching the first half out at Tumbalong Park uh-huh. and uh, the big dual screens they have set up, which would be great for on when Match Day 3 rolls around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch both games at the same time. Um, but check it in with the second half post the game. Overall, it's just not a good performance, is it? And no. it's a crucial three points. It should see them through to the knockouts, provided they can take care of Vietnam and Portugal don't pull off a, a miracle against the US. That should be enough. But beyond that, Again, it's the same thing. Is This team is in a massive transition at the moment. There's a lot of players that aren't at their best, following on the uh, the managerial change as well. This is a team that looks like it might uh, go no further than round 16. Fair enough. Laz, we're probably going to record again after the Matildas take on Nigeria. Uh-huh. So what are you looking forward to in this next uh-huh. phase of games? Not the next match day per se, but on the... Tuesday through to the Thursday inclusive. We've got nine games coming up. Which ones catch your eye? Group A, where's the appetite, I think, which is tomorrow. So after Columbia, Korea, tomorrow we've got uh, New Zealand versus Philippines and Switzerland, Norway. Yes, that uh, I think Group A is decided tomorrow, to be frank. Could very well be. Could very well be because really if New Zealand beat the Philippines, they may not, but uh, they would be favourites given the match day one results. Mm-hmm. That'll be six points for the football ferns. And if Switzerland win, then uh, A, it's done and dusted. But even if Norway get a win, it's really tough. It's uh, really tough for them yeah. to, go, to go through from here. Yeah. I Look, I think it's decided tomorrow. I think Switzerland mm. might um, knock off Norway tomorrow. And yeah, New Zealand knock off the Philippines and it's done and dusted. But um, So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But also Wednesday night, 10 o'clock from Perth. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big one. Imagine That's if it's other- another draw. That's the other highlight that I'll what be... What if it's another draw, Les? How good would that be? Mm. Well, I can see it. I can definitely see it. There was enough in that Irish performance to be able to frustrate Canada. I think so. I think so. And I think that um, I think that just plays... A draw, obviously, is the most favourable result, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. So, yeah. So, let's go for the draw there, and hopefully that um, the Canada and Republic of Ireland game is a very, very physical one. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we would wish any injuries on people. No, we don't. But <laughs> considering that um, Katie McCabe has a variable range of physicality, if I can, <laughs> put, it, polite. If I can put it that way, <laughs> I'd like to see this one be on, you know, uh, quite physical, if I can put it that way. And yes, um, all leading up to the Matildas against Nigeria. There's a cracking, uh, there's a cracking game on Thursday morning, by the way, just quietly. Oh, uh, is there? Yeah. Would you, would you say it's cracking? Uh, yes, think... it's a rematch of the last final. But, I mean, I don't think the result's in any doubt, surely. I don't think the result's in any doubt either, but <laughs> just quietly. <laughs> but you never know. But 11 a.m., 11 a.m., Team USA, the U.S. women's national team, plays the, the Dutch. 
in a repeat of uh, the last World Cup final. And yeah. Nathan's and Nathan's has gone quiet. Yeah, because I, I know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes. Um I spoke about the Dutch against Portugal a bit earlier and as well as the US against Vietnam, they were pretty much as dominant a performance you could ever see. Um yeah, it will take uh, some stopping and it will be a big surprise if it's not a, a three point uh, for the Americans, of course. And that would be enough to see them through. Not that that was in any doubt whatsoever. Stranger, stranger things have happened, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Believe, believe. You don't know. <laughs> just, you just got to believe. I've got a big yellow poster up behind me here. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. So, and that leads us through to the Tillies on Thursday night, 8 p.m. in Brisbane. Mm, be sold out again. Uh-huh. And as we know, no Sam Kerr. I think I'm looking for a, an improved performance. An improved game plan as well, because as we said post Ireland game, or match they won. If but the Matildas put up a similar performance against Nigeria, I don't think they're coming away with three points. I think they will. I think they will come away with three points. It doesn't matter how it's done, but job will be done on on Thursday. I think they they. I think the coaching staff and the players are fully aware of what the job is ahead of them. Um, and yeah, I, I think look, they've got to be mindful of Nigeria. And, and respectful of Nigeria, but there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to take care of Nigeria on Thursday night. And they'll have the bonus of knowing the Canada result, of course. That's a big knowing bonus. It's <laughs> a big bonus. The, yes. If the Canada Island game is a draw, then a win for the Matildas against Nigeria will guarantee not only qualification, but also top spot. Correct. Correct. All to play for on Thursday night. And it would render that game against the Canadians in Melbourne uh, academic, mm-hmm. which is and- a shame for that game. But yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be complaining. Uh, I'm going to lock up top spot on Thursday night. That's correct. That's correct. Let's just wait and see what how how Wednesday night plays out. Mm. Yeah, now Wednesday night plays out, and then we can go from there. But um, I think that's it for our making waves episode eight, Nathan. I think it is. I think it is a, a little look back on what we've seen on the pitch and offered as well, and what we're looking forward to for the days ahead, lads. It's been a good chat as always, and uh, right. looking forward to catching up with you in person perhaps at uh, the England Denmark game indeed uh, come on the Tillies come on the Tillies thanks to everyone for listening and take care all enjoy the football